Most holy and our wise God, we thank you, we praise you, we exalt you, O oh God, because you alone are worthy. We thank you, O oh God, that we feel your presence in this place. We ask you to show up, O oh God, continue to show up, O oh God. Show up with signs and wonders, O oh God. Change and transform hearts and minds. And maybe walk out knowing that we've been in your very presence, O oh God. Give us power and strength to do everything that you've assigned our hands to do. We just thank you. We ask you to save your strength and deliver. In the sufficient name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you to my good friend, Dr. Mike. Amen. Who sat on my Barnabas team when we were calling it Barnabas team on the Board of Ordained Ministry. Amen. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege uh, to just be here. But it's also good to see a friendly face. So you. You say a little something from time to time. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The, the title of this message is called Be the Church. Be the Church. And I have my Bible open, but I'll lay it here. In this world, we learn that things aren't always as they appear to be. I'm a woman. I'm going to use an example that a woman would use. For instance, a cubic zirconia appears to be a diamond, but they're not diamonds. You know, you make jewelry, bracelets, and earrings, and that's okay. They're beautiful. But one thing that cubic zirconias are, they're, they're man-made. When compared to a diamond, a diamond is not man-made. A diamond is birthed beneath the earth. There is a difference between the two. Notice that the cubic zirconias are handmade, but the diamonds are birthed. And as pretty as it is, it's never going to be a diamond. But that's only jewelry, right? That's only jewelry. We wear it, and that settles it. But when it comes to the church, there is a difference. In other words, the church cannot be a cubic zirconia. The church can't appear to just be a church. It must be the church. She, the church, can't afford to be a generic replica of something that man has created. It must be something that Christ is built. And if it's the same church that Jesus is talking about, we must have the same mission. We must be the church. And looking at our text today, Jesus had just finished instructing his disciples as he was sending them out to do the work of the kingdom. Jesus gave his disciples authority to drive out evil spirits, to heal sickness and diseases. He gave them instructions on what to do if they didn't receive them in the towns. Shake the dust from your feet and keep moving. They welcomed you in, go on in. He warned them that they were going to be persecuted, but don't fear because of the Spirit of God will speak for you. The Spirit of God will be with you. And after Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on preaching and teaching in the towns of Galilee. John the Baptist was the forerunner. He was the one who was chosen to baptize Jesus, the Messiah. He heard about the deeds of the Messiah. And this is the same John the Baptist who was preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one that the prophets talked about in the Old Testament, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, preach the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John prepared them by bringing people to repentance. John the Baptist was in prison when he was inquiring about Jesus. John had been placed in prison because he publicly rebuked King Herod, who married his own sister-in-law, Herodias. 
she left her husband Philip to live with Herod, and John the Baptist condemned them from living wrong. Sometimes speaking the truth would get you in trouble. The Bible says that John was in prison and he heard about the deeds of the Messiah. So he sent his disciples to ask. Maybe John was a little discouraged. I read from uh, one scholar that John could possibly be discouraged, and I can understand that. When we're doing the will of God and we're landed in a tough place, when we're doing what he's called us to do, sometimes along this path uh, we can get a little frustrated. Sometimes our faith can get a little shaky. Sometimes things can get a little tight. And I know that from experience because when I went to seminary, things got tight and I was in the will of God. But that's okay. I kept my eye focused. But understand John's perspective. Because along the way, as we're doing the will of God, we do get a little frustrated. It's not like we give up hope. But we know it's going to work together for our good. But sometimes we get a little discouraged. Trying to maneuver and make ways in seminary. Trying to handle family and seminary and church and, and, and extended family and all the other things that you're responsible for. Life can get a little tough for us all as church leaders. I think I'm looking at church leaders here. A life can get a little tough for church leaders. So understood, and I understand what John is saying. John asked his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? That sounds like an okay question to me. Are you the one because are you the one? I'm still in jail. I'm, I'm in jail and I'm in prison, but are, are you the one or should we look for another? Now, I said that I was going to use that. I am 55 years old. What verse is that? That is verse 3. I don't believe in long courtships. I'm 55 years old. And so I'll give you up to a year to make your decision. I'm not trying to put the pressure on anybody. But after up to about six months to eight months, I'm going to just send a text message, Matthew 11 and 3, are you the one or should I look for another? <laughs> so, you know, it does have, we can use that. Maybe I've taken it out of context, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> but I love Jesus' response because Jesus says, uh, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk, the lepers are healed, they're cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Just go back what you hear, what, what, what you've seen. Go back and tell them them things, those things. And I love Jesus' response because Jesus didn't say, I healed the leper, I opened death. He did actually do it. But he didn't say, he didn't draw the attention to him, and he could have. He just put the attention on the work that it, itself. Go back and tell about the works. And sometimes when people are asking about what is the church doing, we're feeding people in the name of Jesus. We're providing relief for those 
who need relief. We are praying for one another. We, the United Methodist Church, are going through some tough times, but God is able. But we still stand strong. And just because we have one issue that we're debating, don't let that overshadow all the good that's taken place. We want to be the church that God is coming back, Jesus is coming back for without spot or blemish. Tell the good news about the things that we're doing in Jesus' name because we are called to do those things. We're baptizing, we're making disciples. Because if we're going to be the church and we're following Jesus and we're doing what he's commanded us to do, we need to do what, we see that, what we've seen him do in the word of God. You know, as a church, when you define church, it's the people. I understand that we come into a building, praise God, for the sacred space of coming together for worship, for fellowship, to be strengthened and empowered. Praise God. But see, showing up on Sundays, that doesn't make us a church. Selling dinners, that, that doesn't make us a church. A good choir, Lord, Lord knows, I love a good choir. Love a good praise team. I love worship music. That all goes together for the things that we're called to do. That's some of the things. Because the church, the people, leave the building every Sunday to go out and be a witness in this world. We get to be the church inside of the, the four walls. And we get to be the church in the world. And since we're the church, we need to make it personal because our lips and our life need to line up. If we say that we're Christians, we need to do the things that Christ has called us to do. Because in a day like today, people are looking for authenticity. They're looking for people who really, truly believe what they proclaim. You gather in here on Sunday, I'm talking about the church, you gather on Sunday, but what more are you doing when you leave the building? How is your home life? How, how, how do you live amongst your friends? That makes a difference. Because we're not the church only inside the four walls. We're the church all the time, 24-7. So we have to be that church. Jesus said, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak and said, what did you come out here to see? A reed swayed by the wind? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. And I'm skipping past a little bit. A prophet. This is the one that was proclaimed as it was written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. In other words, what I love about John is John was the forerunner. He was who God called him to be. He was not the Messiah. And if you look in the previous uh, roundabout chapter 3 or 4, probably chapter 3, John told the people, you know, I'm baptizing with repentance, baptizing with water for repentance. But there's one coming after me that's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. John knew who he was called to be. John knew his responsibility. He wasn't trying to be 
the Messiah. He was the forerunner, and he accepted that responsibility. And that's what we see John doing. And when God has called us, God didn't call me to be a solo singer, as bad as I want to be one. I want to be a singer. I want to play the bass guitar. I really do. I really do. I really want to be one of those hip preachers who can do everything. I really want to be. But God didn't call me to be all of that. I accepted what God is calling me to be. When I mentor young folks in ministry, because prior to being the pastor of Mosaic, I was at the KSU Wesley Foundation, and I mentored people in ministry. Young people have a different mindset. They, they truly, truly do. But they, were, they, they knew the, the, the information I shared with them was true, and it was valid. That if you're going to come this way, you're going to take this thing serious. I am a, 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 a fan of, uh, and a big supporter of theological education. Theological education doesn't make you a pastor no more than it makes me a beauty queen. But it gives me the tools that I need to do the job that God is calling me to be. I tell people in ministry, there's a difference between being a preacher and a pastor. If you were just called to be a preacher, preach the word of God. Do what you need to do to prepare you to preach the word of God. But when you're a pastor, you're over the very lives of people. People look to you. I told my congregation yesterday, last night, yesterday at Bible study, if I have not been in the face of God, I need to get out of your face. If I have not prepared, if I have not studied, and I, we are lifelong learners in this thing. I have program Logos, who has thousands of resources. Then I have ministry matters. Then I have books, and I'm on book probation, so I can't buy another book. <laughs> but I have those things, and I need to read some of them too, you know, the books that I'm buying. But I, I have those tools that's going to help me grow because I'm a lifelong learner. In December, I will receive my doctorate of ministry from United, and I know I graduated with my MDiv from Louisville Presbyterian Seminary, so I know you all are going to extend me some grace. <laughs> and you won't be, won't be so bad. United is a <laughs> United Methodist Seminary. But it's just that serious. It's just that serious when we prepare, because now I want to push you a little further in just a minute. Another thing, Jesus said, Why, what did you come out to see? In other words, we can't be spectators. We have to get in the game. We are the people that God has called us church leaders to get in the game. And we know that when we come this route, there are going to be trials and tribulations. You're going to have hardship. I, I'm here to tell you right now, and I'm going to share a little bit, just a little bit. Um, uh, my daughter uh, has a lot of medical issues. She's type 1 diabetic. She uh, has kidney disease, and she's had a left lower leg amputation. And she's been in the hospital, in and out of the hospital with pancreatitis. Matter of fact, she's there right now. Then I had to, we have to shuffle kids around. She has two children. The father has one, and I take what I call the little seven-year-old grand diva. 
and I take her to school. This morning she woke up sick. I was like, what am I going to do? So I had to go to Georgetown to ask my sister to keep her. She watched her while I was able, because I'm originally from Georgetown, to come here. Sometimes things don't happen like they should. And so I'm asking God, okay, God, you know, I've, I, I told them I was coming to Wilmore. I told them I was coming to Asbury. But God always makes a way. It has been a hard journey for me. Oh, but it's been a good journey. Because serving God, he gives me everything that I need to make this thing work. He empowers me. The Holy Spirit holds me. The Holy Spirit comforts and counsels me as he does you along this way. So if you get a, fall into a little bit, have a little bit of trouble along the way, don't be discouraged, but hold on. Hold on to the word of God because we're not spectators. We're participators in this thing. And so, church, it's time to be the church, to continue to be the church, but be the church leaders that God is calling us to be. We each have a call on our lives, and it's a serious matter because God is calling us to go to the various directions, the different paths and the different directions. People are waiting on your voice. You will reach people that I will never reach. People are waiting on you. Do what you need to do to stay in the will of God. Do what you need to do to be the church leader that God is calling you to be. And if you get a little discouraged, we're a connectional church. You have all these sisters and brothers to help you along the way. But be determined to be all that God is calling you to be. And you're here in seminary, and that's a good place to be. That tells me that I'm serious about being prepared to do the work that God is calling me to do. Be the church and be the church leaders. Amen.